We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. And welcome to Wine with Megan now. We're here to help you navigate the world of wine. I'm now Gilko my master of wine, Meg Brotman. I always put the emphasis on the I know, master. master. Whatever, it's, it's special. You get the emphasis. Well, a lot of them are quite posh, so it is master of wine. Master of wine. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm joined by Meg Brotman, who happens to be a master of wine. And today we're talking about Italy. We are, but we've broken it down into small bite-sized regions because it's yeah. just too hard. Hard. You know, you just were writing today about Australia and that kind of UK perception that we're just one big country that makes yeah. the same wine. And you think about the diversity here. I mean, Italy's even harder. Just in one of the regions that we're going to today, which is the Veneto, we have three of four styles of wine made from the same Great variety. I'm so excited. And we've got three of the four. And you'll have to bear with me because there's a lot of terms today. Oh. Put your little hat on, your thinking uh, hat on well, today. Hey, if you're all doing the um, the quizzes on our Instagram, mm, this then will be a good keep one. in mind that this will be a good one if there's lots of terms <laughs> to remember. All right. But first, Meg, what do you mean drinking? Oh, so I had last, actually Saturday night, um, a 2020 Kerner, K-O-E-R-N-E-R, Watervale Riesling. So this is a, from a family, I think their surname is Kerner. Mm. They've been making Riesling for 30-odd years, or they've had a vineyard, and the two sons, I can't remember, I actually think they're called Matt and Damon. That can't be right. That just was <laughs> me doing names. So, no. <laughs> to me if I've got your name wrong fellas I'm sorry anyway the thing I I, I bought this once on different drop just yeah. as a as a to try it yeah. and it's 18 hours on skins and then it's fermented in a mixture of stainless steel um cement egg and old oak barrels I think okay and then bottled unfined and unfiltered with just a lick as they say of sulfur dioxide and it's that's good it is. It's got that um, – it's not something that you go to for that pristine Clare Valley Riesling character. Yeah, yeah. But it has a lot of interest. And on Saturday night I did an Indian kind of feast and tandoori chicken, so quite big flavours. Yeah. And so I wanted a Riesling for the acid, but I wanted something with some grunt to and it. And it delivered. Yeah, really. It's a really so good one. Say it again. What was it called? K-O-E-R-N-E-R. Kerner. Oh, Kerner, like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Assuming it's German. Um, Was it Riesling? expensive? I think it's around the $30, $35 mark. Okay, awesome. Um, I've bought it before. I got it as a, a one-off and then li- really liked it for those occasions where, yeah, you want Riesling but less sparkly. I don't know. It's it's sparkly. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not really cloudy. It's, yeah. They've obviously let it settle over time. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting wine. I love it. Okay, cool. And uh, fun fact. Well, fun fact. It's not really a fun fact, but I was, <laughs> I was reading um, today and this was the headline, Belgian wine has had a bad year. And I thought, hmm, didn't realise that they made wine in Belgium. Yeah. Production fell by more than a quarter in 2021 due to bad weather. So they normally make less than 2 million litres a year, which is nothing. Um, 
and yes, they're, they're down 27%. But I would really like to try, there are 22 to 28 wineries in the country. Like Belgium. Isn't that cool? Isn't that freezing? Well, it's kind of next to the Netherlands. It's co- it's cool. Right. Um, there's like 200 grape growers or 198 grape growers and then there's these different wineries. So That's cool. Yes, next time I'm up around the Flanders region eating my mussels and my more fruit, <laughs> um, I might drop in and try some Belgian wine. So it's not really a fun fact. It's just kind of weird that, you know, Belgians had a bad year, like dun-dun-dun, like it's big news. <laughs> I was just I was just surprised they actually made wine. So news of the day, Belgian makes wine and the production's been down. So if you are in the habit of buying Belgian wine, yeah. you better get in quick. Oh. So that's my little fun fact. All right, Meg, let's get into it. I I have done all the wine courses and I am still always flabbergasted how crazy Italy mm. is. It is really hard to wrap your head around. So I'm glad mm-hmm. we're doing it region by region. How are we going to start today? So I'll do a quick rundown of what the vineyard is so it's the northeastern corner of Italy. It runs from so it's at the top of the shoe. It's at the, it's at the top of the country, bordering with Austria. And, <laughs> ooh, Jesus, I'm not quite sure what Italy borders with Croatia. Maybe uh-huh. anyway, it runs from Lake Garda, mm-hmm. effectively. Um, right across to the Adriatic Sea to Venice. Okay, and it goes down to sort of Verona. So if it's like a – it's almost like a smile-shaped part of Italy and it's got the mountain sort of the border, northern borders with those countries that we don't know. My geography is terrible. (laughs) Um, But it's broken up into so many different regions. So a lot of Prosecco comes out of the Veneto. Um, But it also produces a lot of Pinot Grigio under – IGT, which people will remember, that's Indicazione Geografica Tipica, Tipica, which means it's from a large region. You get to name the variety on the label and it doesn't have all the rules and regulations associated with the denominated regions. Yeah. So there's a lot of entry-level IGT della de Venezia coming out of Pinot Grigio. But then there's these named regions, the DOCs and the DOCGs, Um and I kind of didn't know where to go with it. So I've chosen probably the ones that are most well known, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's a good – and the ones that – We can get here. Yeah, which is a good point. Like yeah. we need to actually – So if I said to you Bardolino, you would look at me probably going, what? Yeah, no idea. So Bardolino is like Valpolicella, but it's the one around like Garda. It's not okay. the one around – Verona. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a confusing country. <laughs> so the first one we've got is Suave. Yes. Suave is a white wine from the town of Suave and the vineyards surrounding Suave. Suave is a beautiful medieval walled-in city if you ever get to go. You can walk around it in an hour. It's not that big. Yeah. Um, Wait, so the, 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 the town and the grape are called Suave? No, the grape is called Gaganiga. Oh, Gaganiga. Or as we say in Australia, Garganega. <laughs> it's G A R G A N E G A. Okay. Garganega. Yeah. I can't do the Italian word. So it's a white grape variety, very floral, good acidity, nice texture, generally fermented in either very old oak, so it's got no flavour, mm-hmm. or inert vessels. 
But the wine I have here is from Suave Classico. Okay. And what this is is it's telling you that the vineyards are f- based in the historical centre of the town. Okay. So in the case of Suave, because it is a walled-in city, the Classico region is the vineyards on the terraces surrounding the town. And I'm guessing they must have better terroir somehow. Well, yes, but the problem is that historically Garganiga was blended with Trebbiano. Yes. Um which I think in this case is actually Vidicchio. Don't get – it's all just too confusing. But now they're trying to blend it with Chardonnay and Sauvignon to lift up the quality. Okay. Um, so there's a slow replanting on the Classico vineyards. But generally what Classico signifies to you is older vines. Okay. More concentration. Okay, good. Um, I will be honest with you, the difference between a Suave and a Suave Classico – I don't think you'd be able to pick it. Maybe just the price tag? Yeah, price tag. <laughs> but this is from Piero Pan, one of the biggest family producers there. The winery is actually located in the centre of town. It is so cool. Um, so you've got the tractors coming up and down this tiny little town bringing in grapes. Oh, my God, cute. Pretty cute. Tiny little Italian tractors because the streets yeah. are really narrow. And... Let's just taste it and see what we think okay, of it. Okay, wait. So first, before we taste it, can you tell me what I should be expecting on paper from a suave? Medium bodied, light to medium bodied. Yeah. Uh, moderate alcohol, sort of 12 and a White florals. I get some pear, um, sometimes some overripe pear. The thing I think for me with suave is it's quite textural. Mm-hmm. It's got like a waxy grip to it um, that you don't get in a lot of like Vidicchio or Pinot Grigios out of Italy. This is an indigenous grape variety and it just has a little bit more grunt generally for me. Mm. Mm, that's nice. Bruised apple? Yeah, bruised apple. Yeah, a little bit of uh, apple character. It seems quite dark in colour for a... Uh, 2020 wine. I'm just wondering if they've done something fancy in the fermentation. Is there much variation between Suave to Suave or are they all pretty similar? Um, I will say that there's really bad and then there's good. Um, It's not really good. I don't think I've ever had a really great one. But then again, for me, it's one of those weeknight wines for me. It's not something that I I take that seriously. I I don't have great expectations of it. It's not like setting my world on fire. No. Um, I'd drink it for sure. Like, but it's, I don't know, what's that worth? Uh, 35, 33, I think. I got these from, so I got a mix of Dan Murphy's, and I think this one's actually from Dan Murphy's. Yeah, it's not cheap. But don't forget this attacks when it arrives. But I just, it's, I, I do like it. I kind of think of it as one of my autumn whites because it has, it's taking you from that lovely sparkly, mm. pristine Rieslings mm. or Vermentinos or something into something that's a little bit more weighted yeah. and just goes really well with food. But again, I think that it would go well with food. It's not, I've never had an extraordinary suave. Mm-mm. You know, and I know in the um, MW exam, everyone's terrified of getting a white Italian bracket because they can look a little bit 
samey. And because yeah. they can be blended, so now this has to be a minimum of 70% Garganiga. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past I used to blend it with like this Trebbiano, yeah. which is really neutral. And Suave became quite trendy and successful, so the Italians doing what they do best is they really diluted it by producing high volume and this is one of the things that's happening with Prosecco, that they're sort of making Prosecco out of regions or vineyards that shouldn't be making Prosecco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was nice enough. Nice enough. Okay, now you're going to have to bear with me. What I have next is Valpolicella, Uh which is a region and a denominated region and the three great varieties in – Generally, in Valpolicella are Covina, Covina, Molinara, Molinara, and Rondinella. Rondinella. Yes. Okay. Corvina usually being the bulk of the grape variety. Sour cherries is the classic descriptor. Okay. Okay. But because in this region that's all they can make, yeah. they've become very um, – Astute and making, they make four different styles of wine out of those three grape varieties. So we'd, we've got a Valpolicella. Mm-hmm. We then have a Valpolicella Ripasso. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they get the Valpolicella grapes and they will have made a wine called Amarone where you dry out the grapes. Um, and then you, through a process called apasamiento, so you're sultanering the grapes. Once they've fermented that Amarone, they take those skins and they ferment the Valpolicella on the skin. So it's repassing. Repasso means pass yeah. over. So you have a Valpolicella repasso. Yes. And so this should have more concentration. It will have some of that dried fruit character. And then lastly, we have the Amarone della Valpolicella, which is the dried out grape variety. These are all dry wines. Yes. Then they make another one called Ricciotto, Ricciotto, where they dry the grapes even more and they make a sweet red wine. Ah. So it's very, very, very confusing. If you see the name, we're going to have the Valpolicella first. If you see the name Valpolicella on the label, you're thinking of a light bodied. Do they ever just label it Amarone and not Valpolicella on there? Because I noticed. Maybe. Because, like, so remember we did France the other week, uh, not France, Spain, and that just says Reserva and not the varietal. Uh, well, Valpolicella is the region. So Amarone della Valpolicella. Oh, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. So it's the region. I see. I remember. Okay. So um, I don't know. I, th- I think. Who's the one? Is it Massey, the famous Amarone. I think mm. it just says Amarone on the bottle, but I've never, to be honest, I've never really taken that much notice of the detail. So it's possible. Can we go back to the Amarone? So they dry the grapes before or after they've they pick them. Yeah, they lay them out on straw mats. Yep, and they dry them for anywhere between three and four weeks. So they become like sultanas, concentrating the sugar, the flavors. Then they ferment them, so they're usually very high in alcohol, so they'll run between 14.5% and 15% alcohol. Do they crush them? Well, once you've once you, they get to that stage, there's not really much to crush. They're kind mm. of all shriveled up. So there is some juice yeah. um, and they do start to ferment. And it's it, imagine it's it's like having dried fruit. So it has a lot of that yeah. dried fruit character. It has a lot more what we could consider tertiary characteristics because mm. it's almost like you've aged the wine before you've yeah, made yeah. it. Um, so your Amarone is a 
it's a very rich, high alcohol food style yeah. of wine. All right, but let's try the OG. We've got the Vella Cella. Um, best thing I ever heard from my uh, Italian friend is if you see a C, it's pronounced ch, and if you see double C, it's pronounced k, and that just like changed my whole world when it came to Italian wines. <laughs> That's very true. I, but I, I kind of just yeah knew that. I, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. So if you're ever like stuck for pronunciation, remember the, that. And if you see the double C, it's that ch is ch as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is a 2020 Valpolicella from Farina. It's 12.5% alcohol. Um, it's very cherry red in colour. A little bit of dusty red fruits. Raspberry, do you smell the sour cherry? I definitely smell that sour cherry. Mm. And it just tastes like sour cherries. It's yummy. It is. And um, chilled. Mm. I think this would be one of those ones that could be could be chilled. It's, um, it is, I think, the definitive pizza wine. Mm. I'm not really sure of the cuisine because it's so regional in Italy in Valpolicella. But yeah, I think that'd be really good with pizza. I'll say it's not like particularly complex and it doesn't have no. a lot of like depth of flavor, but the flavors coming through are really yummy and juicy and they like really carry lovely. Absolutely. And it's, it's you know, it's these lighter styles of reds that I think are sort of trending at the moment. And yeah. This is something that I could drink during the week. It's only 12.5% alcohol. It's not heavy on my palate. It's a oh, yeah. real sipper. You could have it just, you could have it without food. The Bachelor's on. You've already had dinner. Oh, I don't watch The Bachelor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is I still Bachelor. Um, apparently, they're filming another one at the moment. Oh, okay. We should start a side podcast that discusses well, the Bachelor. I don't watch it, so <laughs> it'd be, it would be a waste of time. I love the Batch. Um, this is Yumzo. Yeah, this that's definitely the scenario for me. Like a Thursday or Friday night Ooh. in it's, front of the TV. I think that was about that was nineteen dollars. Nice. Great. So yeah, and I I, I love those. We, the thing with me with red wine, as you know, is I usually have to eat with red wine, whereas that you know, I would be more than happy just to sit down. Well, I normally have to eat just anyway, I know. Yes, you gave me yes. Look like, I'm like, like that's what are you talking about? <laughs> like that's different to any other time. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just slurpable. And um, uh, I don't know if this is cheating saying this, but it's true. If you like Sangiovese, you'll like this. Yep. But it doesn't have those really raspy tannins of Sangiovese. It's yeah. a little bit dustier. Yeah, it is. More, dare I say it, Merlot-esque <gasps> tannins. Darling Merlot. The Italians do have a lot of Merlot planted, actually. Do they? Yeah. They yeah. planted a lot in the 70s. They're sort of in, they were trying to internationalise oh, the grape industry. Wow. And all they ended up doing was sure doing... Yeah, no. Interesting grape to do that. Doing with. volume. But yeah, no, I think if you like Sangiovese, this is a really cool one for you to go to next to see if you like it, because I reckon you will. And I think that one was from Dan's. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes, we will. I struggled to get all of these different styles. So the next one we have is Valpolicella Rapasso. So like I said, they pass the fermenting juice over the Amarone skins after the, you've made the Amarone. But this is Classico, so it's from the 
classical historical region of Valpolicella, yeah. but this is, get these Italian terms, superiore. So this means that it's the grapes when you picked them were riper. Oh, you're kidding. Than if we just made Valpolicella Rapasso Classico. And then I think there's a reserva on top of that. <laughs> I, I kid you not. <laughs> what does the reserva mean? Age for a bit longer. I'm so sorry, everyone. I know. <laughs> right? So we're drinking a Valpolicella Ripasso Classico Superiore. Oh, my God. And that's why we say, would you like a glass of Valpol? Because it's a lot quicker and a lot easier. So what we're expecting from this, you can expect some dried fruit character because it's been passed over the Amarone skins. It's Superiore. So this the original one was 12.5%. So I'm imagining this will be around 13.5%. Alcohol because superiore means that they were picked later, riper, right? Yeah, yes. Um, then I'm expecting because it's classico, really. It's just folks, from the fancy. Just region. as just an aside, top tip: there really isn't much difference. I can never, <laughs> I, I couldn't. If you gave me a Chianti and a Chianti classico, seriously, I couldn't pick the difference <laughs> from the same producer. Like if that it was made yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But anyway, classico should be telling you that it's got. More Ed- concentration, older vineyards. Older vineyards, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Uh-huh. Um, but this will be interesting. All right. Okay, so knowing that it's passed over these grapes, are we expecting more tertiary flavours? Mm. More dried fruit characteristics. Dried fruit. So certainly for me that's got, um, mm. do you know, muscadelles so that you put on a cheese board, those dried grapes? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Which I think are really tacky. I never eat them. Are you meant to eat them? Yeah, you're supposed to eat oh, them. Oh, really? I thought they were just to look nice. Yeah, I, but I don't think they look that nice. They do look a bit dried up and, you know. Yeah, they're like Just creamy. got these out it's of my fridge. Nice. It looks like your fingers when you've been in the bath too long. I don't like fruit and cheese anyway. I'm on the record for saying that. Oh, my God, you're so random. Like you've got <laughs> so much... Weird. I know. Wait, what about quince paste? You have quince paste with cheeks? Really? But that's sweet with like blue cheese. I do have it. If we've got if I've we've had it open here and yeah. I take it home, I do have it, but really. Okay. I used to make it and then never used it. I used to have like a Solera system of quince paste. I love a Solera system of quince paste. It was so I had so many years of it, it was ridiculous. I love uh, I, I love having cheese with some sort of paste or comfort. I'm a big condiment gal. I love my condiments. Okay, this is smelling to me darker, just like generally darker, like more darker fruits, more brooding. Totally. I haven't tasted it yet, but I can tell it's going to be almost a in. hint of petrol or diesel or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like not like you get kerosene in. It's like a. Ooh. It's in a good way, folks. I know in that sounds way. terrible, but there is a yeah. yeah, yeah. I smell that. I wonder if it's like that earthiness coming up through the alcohol. Can you see what the alcohol is on it? I think it's on the back. The ten and a half. Okay, so that's one percent more riper. More riper. One percent riper. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's only Monday. What hope do we have? But. That's yummy. Mm. Oh, my God. I love that. Tannin structure's different. It's the structure. Yeah. It's much gruntier, furrier tannins. Yes. Blo- almost blockier. Yeah. Like Lego. Uh-huh. Small pieces of Lego in your mouth. And that would be like, I'm thinking, a proper ragu. You want food with, with 100%. You need Papadelli food with that. Papadelli. Yeah. 
butter. And it's. I wasn't holding out much hope for that, I've got to say. The, it's the structure for me in this wine. It's like... um. Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely a more serious wine. I don't really like using it, that term. It, no, it is, to but be fair. It's, it's more concentrated. That makes more sense. It's more concentrated. It has more kind of grunt. I'm just trying to find the price on it. Um, I think it was 50-something. We're not, we're not going cheap today. Was that? So this is $55. So you've jumped up from $19. Ooh, the, the first one was from Dan... No, the first one was from D- Different Drop was 28, I tell a lie. This was 55. Okay. So this is a 2019 Val Classico Superiori Repasso. I mean, it's just crazy. How would you ever know all of those terms? So you're saying this is from Different Drop. Does that mean if you wanted a Val Repasso, you couldn't get it from Dance? Could not. Oh, that's and a shame. I don't think I could get one from Nix either. I tried. Oh, really? Yes. And I wanted to show these three different wine styles because they're just nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Dan Murphy's had a very expensive Amarone, or did I get the Amarone from them? There is a Amarone. No, I think it was out of stock. In fact, I think most of the Valpolicellas were out of stock at Dan's and I had to order them. <gasps> oh, they are too. So I had to – so I tell her, like, you can get them, but I had to order them for delivery and I didn't have – time okay so i went to delivery only yeah. yeah so it's a bit tricky anyway let's move on to the next one we I'm have psyched. an amaroni della valpolicella 2017 and to make it even more interesting folks this is a classico did you just say amaroni then mm-hmm. amaroni, amaroni della valpolicella <laughs> And just so you know, you do Italian very well. <laughs> just so you know, it's like watching that. What's her name? <laughs> Sylvia something. I don't know. Oh, he does that cooking show. I can't stand her. Oh. She's so like she puts the Italian on. It's like it's. Ooh. Oh really? Um. Anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> sorry, Sylvia, if you're listening. She made wine with bird, bird in the hand up in Adelaide Hills. Hmm. What was I saying? This is an Amarone <laughs> della Valpolicella. This is a Denominazione di Origine Controllata e Garantita. So it's a DOCG. So we know that this is going to be a great wine, theoretically. Yep. This is from 2017 and it's from – it's a Classico. So it's from the Classic region. The classic and it's in region. a very ridiculously heavy bottle. Now, this is made from grapes that have been dried out. So it's called a Passamiento. Expect dry fruit, high alcohol, possibly a little bit of sugar because sometimes oh, they don't yeah. always stop fermenting, but it's just really uh-huh. low, so it's still technically oh, dry. That smells hectic. I don't know if my little super taste of palate can handle this, Mac. <laughs> yeah, so it's got dried blueberry, plum, blackberry, a bit of blackberry jam. Prune. Prune, a bit of leather. mm Oh, little Zoe's crying. <laughs> like, let me in. It's the podcast. She loves interrupting the podcast. Um, quite earthy, mushroomy. Mm. Oh, mm. you can see why it's a great wine. 
That does not taste at all as I was expecting. It's you couldn't say smooth, would you? It's no. full. Uh, it's kind of smooth in a funny kind way. Of smooth even in a funny way, yeah. It's very chunky tannin, like but very it's, evident, but it's all put together. It's precise. I don't know this. It's like a it's like an ugly painting that's beautiful. That's a really good analysis. It actually kind of is. You know, like a Picasso. They're not pretty, those funny heads that he puts together, but they're beautiful. And the finish for me is what really stands out. It's like Mm. I love the wine with a strong finish. I feel like that is, for me, like maybe the biggest indicator of quality. And it's it's just it needs food. How much would you pay for that? I'd, I'd pay a fair bit for that, to be honest. I can tell that's quite good. I'd pay 60, 70 bucks for that. 122. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah and I it's do. supposed to be laid down and it should be decanted. We're drinking it at its least favourable time. That is really nice. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> it is really good. And we are doing it a disservice by A, not having any food. Um, B, not decanting it, and C, not giving it a bit more time. It's only five years old. I kind of wish we decanted it. That's really young. Yeah. I really, really like When I smelt it, I was like, this is going to be too big and heavy and rich for me. But it's not – how do I put this? It's not big and rich like Barossa Shiraz rich. No. It's not like it's punch not you in the face. It's not jammy. It's rich, but it holds its – And the alcohol is definitely there, but it's integrated. It is. The thing that I find about this wine is it's th- – there are Amarone's – that it almost port like, they're so jammy fried fruit. Port like, yeah, port, yeah. yeah. I thought said Porsche. I was no, like, port, here's a weird like, analogy. All right. Um, and they've got really high alcohol. And it's really evident that for me is just I can feel the alcohol warm. Yeah, a little bit of Indian indigestion after oh. my curries on the weekend. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's precise. It's okay, so delicious. I can see that there's an Amarini on the Dan's website for fifty five bucks. Is that going to be as – I mean, clearly it's not going to be as good, but, I mean, why should it be in the same league? It's worth trying? Uh, but, look, it would be worth trying, but I don't think you get that level of concentration and also longevity. This is a wine that deserves to be laid down for mm. a long period of time. Um, it's – yeah, it's pretty pretty special. It is. So you can – I think you can see that step up – Absolutely. And that's kind of why I wanted to do these styles of wine. I, you know, the, the, it's $28 to $55. Oh, pour yourself some more. Hello. <laughs> to 122 I, just, I was – I didn't want to skimp on the Amarone because yeah. you always yell at me for buying cheap versions when I'm trying to – I think I did once. No, I think it it's the been... Merlots. You bought so many shit Merlots that we did a shit episode on Merlots and we got oh. yelled at by a listener. Speaking <laughs> of which, speaking of which, the, our, our friend from Ivor, didn't she yeah. recommend a Merlot? She did. I think I saw that that's available in Australia now. I kid you not. No. I meant to ask to get it. Yeah. Oh, anyway, my God. Uh, what were we saying? <laughs> I wanted to spend some money to show that what – this wine is is worth. We don't, you know, we try and have a budget on this show, but I just blew it because we next week we're doing oh, Piemonte. Wow. We got we got wines supplied for a couple of weeks there. I didn't so. get Barolo. 
Yeah, that's well, no, because we all know Barolo. Just made a sad face. I know. I Maybe got Barbarisco, which was still like ninety bucks or something. Um, the reason I re-poured myself a glass. Oh, that is delicious. Sound, like, that is just going to so open up. Sometimes I say stuff and it's so lame. I just like want to punch myself in the face. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to say this. I love really good art when I just can't stop looking at it. Like yeah. I can't, I can't figure it out. And that's how I feel about this wine. Yeah. Like I poured myself another glass cause I'm like, this is just, there's just so much that I can't even figure out how to articulate. It's really intriguing. And the thing that's just so interesting is you can see that dried fruit character, but it's not the entire wine. There's still a lot of other stuff going on there. Jeez, that's good. Okay. So, um, everyone at home is, Listening to us being like, all right, need to try me some amaroni. Do they go out and is it worth just being like, you know what, I'm going to spend the money and get the same one that they had? Or do you think if they go to their local body sh- bottle shop and buy an am- amaroni, it could be just as good? To be honest, I've never seen amaroni at $55 as they do have on the Dan's website. But um, Usually I would spend around the $80 mark. You can buy a a brand called Massey. I'm sure it's Massey. M-A-S-I. It's kind of got yellow on the label. And that's around the $80, $85 mark. And that's a very good example of what Amarone can be. But for me, it's the bigger styles. This is a – this is like a a, – it's – a more elegant style of Amarone, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, it is. No, it absolutely does. It is elegant, that's for sure. So if you're going to do it, go out, spend like 80 bucks, buy something yeah. that says Amarone. Go um, home with some friends. Don't, you know, don't just do it all on your own because it's not something that you could sit down and guzzle that What whole. did you say we're going to have, we're going to eat with this? Oh, I'm thinking wild boar. Oh, my God. Do something a little bit more, like... Oh. Is it that easy to get your hands on wild boar? In Italy it is. Okay, um, so people at home are actually going to go out this weekend and buy it. What should they pair with it? I would do it with a <laughs> goat, which you can get. Wild boar. A goat ragu <laughs> with papadelli. All right. With lots of butter. Or truffles are coming into season. Ooh. You could order your truffles from Tasmania. <laughs> Specifically Tasmania. <laughs> well, I can't afford them from overseas. So, okay, yeah. and if 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 at a loss for that, just get some lamb. Oh, yeah, be lovely with lamb. Slow-cooked lamb. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, lamb shoulder. Yeah, lamb shoulder cooked for 12 yeah. hours. And we're going to decant it for what, like four hours? Yeah, do it in the morning while the lamb's cooking. Nice. Have a, have a glass. Yeah. Oh, and then wait. And, and then, then wait. And then, yeah, just see what it's like. Alternatively, if you and if you really like it, buy yourself some and, lay, and hide it. Nice. And lay it down because it's, it's got a lot of youth in it. Yeah, love that. It's got that. a long way to go. But equally, try the Valpol, just the standard, like, that's a, that's a good one to just, like, have in your wine rack Two at home. different spectrums, though. Oh, completely different. Monday to Thursday. Yes. Best Special occasion. around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an absolute special occasion. And I think that's a really nice idea. Like get a few people over and be like, we want to try this nice kind of wine. Yeah. Let's put in 30 bucks each and get a good bottle. I agree. With these sorts of wines, don't buy them on your own. They are to, meant to be enjoyed yeah. with people. And if you all put in $25, $30, you're going to buy something really, really special. Yeah. That you wouldn't, you'd look at the store and go, mm, no, too pricey. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. But don't cut yourself off, you know. And you don't have to cook something big and make a big event of it, but... 
You could bring a plate. It's nice to do it. You know, the old yeah. bring a plate. Do they still do that? Those bring a plate mm. dinners? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, you can invite people over for dinner and you ask them to no. bring something. Bring okay. a plate. So it's pot, pot luck, I think they call it in America. Yeah. So you probably did that in Canada. Yeah. Just yeah. people bring Yeah, that's true. We did it on shit. like Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah. 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 And you just... You don't know what you're going to end up with. No. What do they do Thanksgiving for in Canada? There are no pilgrims with Indians in Canada. No, it means something different in Canada. I can't remember what. It means something completely different, though. It's actually a completely different holiday. I'm glad you were culturally aware when you were over there. Oh, shit. (laughs) No, I knew at the time. Thanksgiving. The Canadian Thanksgiving predates the pilgrims. It predates the American one. It's the Harvest Festival to show appreciation for the bountiful harvest of the season. I knew that. Ah. Yeah. Oh, so Thanksgiving. It means not like a thank actual you. thank you for the, the harvest. Earth. Yep. To the okay. earth. Much nicer. There you go. That's All right. nice. There we go. We know what Canadian Thanksgiving is. And I'm culturally aware. Yes. <laughs> just didn't know what it was for, but just know I got to eat a lot. <laughs> I did. It's the only time we've ever cooked like a full-size turkey. It was awesome. Okay, delicious. Loved it. What's next week? Next week we're moving to the northwest of Italy. So we're Mm -hmm. driving past Lake Garda, Lake Como, dropping into French Quarter for a quick bath glasses bubbles, and we're going to Piemonte. So Piemonte literally translates as the foot of the mountains. So we're at the bottom of the Alps, just as you enter Italy from Switzerland slash France. Um, and, yeah, completely different styles. Awesome. I'm so excited. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, some things to keep in mind, me and Meg are doing WSET wine courses out in the Yarra Valley. So if was it two? Was it two? Yes. Yes. So um, if you know anyone who wants to kind of formalize their learning, check out, um, it's called the Prunes Wine Store. That's the website that you'll find the details. Um, we, uh, after our episode last week with Scotty, we've gotten some uh, great Humiliation. Feedback. Oh, have we? Yes. I don't get to see all of this. On the episode. Um, and we've been told that it's worth redoing. So definitely if you've got like a wine in mind that you think would be fun for us to taste, get in touch with Scott. He's Scotty the Wino on Instagram, so you'll find him easy enough. So he's got his own Instagram page now? Yes. Oh, my God. I think think the power went to his head. Oh, okay. We've created a monster. (laughs) We've created an absolute (laughs) monster. We were at Pedo Palooza on the weekend, and he had the wine with Megan Malflies, and he's giving him out to people being like, I was on the last episode. I was on the last episode. Listen to the last episode. I tricked them with my wines. (laughs) I tell you what, I was listening to it, and that Chardonnay – our tasting notes so said so said Chardonnay, and then we went, oh, and no, then we just Semillon, didn't Semillon, say it because you know. Anyway, anyway, well, we'll do better next time. Scott says we might he won't not. be mean. We might not, but you know, reality check. Even the best, obviously me, not Meg. <laughs> Kidding. Um, <laughs> even the best. I don't get it exactly right. On that. No, and the thing is, it's not really enjoying wine. Is not about that. No. You know. And as you say, it's a party trick. It's not. Yeah, and being yeah. able to describe what's in the glass to someone yeah. to ha- so that they can have an understanding of it is far more important than, oh, this, you know, the French winemaker had a little moustache <laughs> and was wearing a beret and blue overalls that day. Uh, Top tip, they're always wearing blue overalls. <laughs> Usually really short. 
So there you go. Next time you taste a wine, you can make that as your prediction. That's right. And they drive a Deschavaux, a 2CV. <laughs> well, we'll be back with you next week where we will talk about our next Italian region. But until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. And drink well. We would like to thank Rob Dolan Wines for sponsoring this podcast and they have kindly made available an offer for our listeners. That's it. So Rob Dolan Wines is based only about 30 minutes from Melbourne. So if you're in Victoria, it's pretty easy to get out to our end at South. If you tell the tasting staff at the cellar door that you listen to the podcast, what they're going to do is give you a sneaky taste of all the other things that aren't on the standard tasting menu uh, that you might have heard about while you're listening. And hopefully it's all Cabernet. Oh, go the Cabernet. Cabernet. Go the Cabernet. Drink the Cabernet. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Drink the Marsat. No, <laughs> If you aren't based quite as close, we still have something for you. There is a free shipping uh, code. It is just podcast. If you put podcast into your checkout, then you'll get free shipping. So you can taste some of the things that we rave about on this podcast. Go the Cabernet. <laughs> 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 <laughs>